Cleveland Schmooze is sponsored by the Cleveland Jewish News. Get the latest news and information from the Cleveland Jewish News delivered right to your inbox. Choose from breaking news, daily headlines, community life cycle notices, arts, events, highlights, and more with our free e-newsletters. Sign up now at cjn.org slash e-signup. Welcome to Cleveland Schmooze, a bi-weekly podcast about the people who make up Jewish Cleveland. We're your hosts. I'm Rachel Rood. And I'm Robin Rood. This week, we are talking to philanthropist Barbara Cups, who calls herself a promoter of positivity. She told us about her work supporting organizations like the Friendship Circle and investing in people she believes in. And she tells us about her ongoing battle with breast cancer. In keeping with social distance guidelines, we spoke with Barbara virtually through Zoom. Barbara Cups, thank you so much for joining us on Cleveland Shows. Oh, it's my pleasure. I would never say no to your mother because she would never <laughs> let me out of it. No, she said it, there was no worries. But I'm trying to be positive. I'm a positive person. So I said yes. That's right. That's why we Well, Bubby you. B's favorite word is yes. My favorite word is yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we should mention that we are social distancing because we are still in the midst of the coronavirus. Uh, pandemic. Um, first, we want to hear how are you holding up with everything? I'm doing fine. It hasn't really changed my life that much because I wasn't that active. My salvation was pickleball and I went <laughs> every day to pickleball. And that's the only thing I'm really missing is my pickleball and my pickleball friends. That's what I feel. Aww. And we Aww. never ate at restaurants anyway. So I've been cooking and it's 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 pretty okay. I'm okay. Good. That's good. So can you tell us a little bit about like where were you born and, and kind of what were your Jewish upbringings like? Okay, I was born in Cleveland, Ohio on 10-11, 1951. I share a birthday with Eleanor Roosevelt, and sometimes I think I'm reincarnated from her. Because <laughs> this too shall pass. I, 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 I quote her all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm one of five children. I'm the second oldest daughter and the first granddaughter, the first niece. I really had a pristine, wonderful life. Compared to my sisters, mm-hmm. I don't know. We disagree on how we were brought up, but I was, <laughs> I was, um, I was so lucky because I really feel like I was brought up with unconditional love. Because my grandmother was only thirty-eight when I was born, it was like a miracle. Yeah. And I was, you know, she she had she had three daughters of her own. My mother was the oldest, and um, I really had a lot of attention growing up. And then, as far as some um, synagogues, I went to Park Synagogue. I had my friend's father help me with my homework in the car on the way there. He was very smart with (laughs) I wasn't that good of a student, but I did go every week. And so I grew up at Park Synagogue. And then later on in life, I joined B'nai B'rith. I was um, service chairman for GOC, for Greater Ohio Council. And Mm -hmm. then I was president of my chapter, Deborah. I was I was everything. I was the jack of all trades. Believe me, I I wrote the I wrote the newspaper. I made the doll. I made, I did everything. But it was wow. fun. We had, and I still have my BBG friends. Believe it or not, I still sometimes connect with them, and really um, I'm so grateful for that experience. And then I went to um, where did I go to? Um, what's it called? Um, you know, I went to a convention and we took a bus to Colorado, which took like two days. Believe it or not, and my girlfriend ran. One of my best friends, Peggy Cormich, ran for um, president, and I became her corresponding secretary. She chose me. I haven't written a letter since. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we laugh about it, and we're eating partners. I'm still good friends with her, so Peggy Cormich. I, I try to keep all my friends. I don't keep all my husbands, but I keep my friends. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, and then what else did I say about my Judaism? Oh, and then I, um, I came to Cleveland. I moved here from Cleveland and I joined Fairmount Temple. And um, when all the, uh, I decided to quit Fairmount Temple right before my son's bar mitzvah because it was, they had too many people. They had so many kid people and I don't know, they, the kids didn't like Fairmount that much. So um, my good friend, Ruthie Wolfson, she belonged to B'nai Asherin, so I joined B'nai Asherin, which was a step up. It was hard right before my son's bar mitzvah, my oldest son, who's 44 now. And guess what? Wow. There was an epidemic when he was born of the flu in New Jersey, and we couldn't, uh, the hotel, the hospitals were quarantined. So, wow. so anyways, then I joined B'nai Asherin, and um, I got divorced shortly afterwards, and I remarried um, Larry and had a daughter and I became president of the sister. And I think when she was two or three years old with, um, Harriet Mann. So anyways, maybe I jumped ahead. So then Jonathan got bar mitzvah there and I was so grateful and I got to be friends with Roz and Ed and I really love B'nai Sharon. And then yeah. sure enough, um, I had three other bar mitzvahs there and Bernice Rothman, who I still see at Myers when I go to visit my mother that I can't see right now, but, um, she was, she helped me a lot with all the bar mitzvahs and um, my first son's bar mitzvah was he lights up our lives and the word hazak hazak it was all about being strong well he had a ruptured appendicitis when he was like 25 or something and he told me he was being strong so it was crazy so his bar mitzvah was about that and I had like 500 people at my new house it was like crazy I was so happy I mean is that the one in Pepper Pike or Moreland Hills which one? Is that the oh, one with the pool? Yeah, when I had his name written in the pool. Yeah, Jonathan. He lights. It was all about lights. And then um, I had Eric's bar mitzvah two years later. But that, by that time, I was already getting divorced because my ex-husband, he only wanted to do, he was good with one son. But the other sons, he sort of didn't, you know, couldn't rally up for it. So um, mm -hmm. oh, he had his at Beachmont. And his was about a bright future because this son, his birthday's 11, 11, 77. I wow. thought he should mm -hmm. have good luck in life, but I'm still waiting for the good luck to happen. Then mm -hmm. I had my third son because I had three kids in three years. I had my third son's bar mitzvah at B'nai Asherin, And his was about good as gold. And his was about beauty's only skin deep. So I had those three bar mitzvahs in a row. Then I waited five years and had another son, Todd. And he had the best bar mitzvah of all, really, because he had Choose Life, which Rabbi Schechter told me was like the most powerful portion of the year. And he did a great job. And he's five years younger. I thought I'd change the sex and have a daughter. Um, <laughs> but it didn't work out. And then when he was about, when he was six years old, I got divorced. So, and I had Joni when he was 10 years old. So I had 20 years of childbearing. Wow. I did love children. And my grandmother, who I spoke about before that raised me, she told me babies were good luck. Mm -hmm. So I was always oh. trying to change my luck. So <laughs> I kept having another baby. <laughs> and they do bring good luck. I think they do. Yeah. <laughs> I became president of the sisterhood. I was always active in the temple. I loved being there. I actually donated um, one of the pieces of art in the front hall, in the office there. You'll have to check it out, Robin, next time we're okay. there. And I loved helping in the gift right. shop. So temple is important. It is important, I guess, you know. But I pray in the shower. I took a leave, <laughs> and I pray in the shower now. So, but I, I, I it's ironic because I did join um, B'nai Asherin Sisterhood at the Park Synagogue um, combination luncheon with, with Park Synagogue. And my niece is in charge of um, membership right. at Park. Who was already had a podcast, Sally right. um, oh, did her. Oh, right. Yeah, I know. I know. I didn't remember I know. that Barbara was but, related to her. 
<laughs> right. But another reason I joined the sisterhood is because your mother re reached out to me in one of the good old days that we used to have with Joanne Adelman and everybody else. And, and I always wanted to do a sisterhood meeting with the women saying that they weren't old older women. They were experienced, the experienced yeah. women. We learned so much from them. Oh, and yeah. they just they gave Joni so much love there. And she yeah. had such a good time. I remember one time I, um, I took Joni to Temple and she was running around like crazy. And my dad was there, I think. I, we must have gone for something. I don't remember what. But my dad was there. And I said, Dad, Dad. Um, you know, everyone said that if I had a daughter late in life, it would keep me young. And so I said to my dad, I go, dad, I can't keep up with her. I go, well, I got a good idea. Why don't you raise her? Cause you did such a good job with me and you'll stay young. You know? <laughs> so, Well, you're also involved in a lot of community things. I know, aren't you, didn't you mention to me once you were involved in friendship circle? Oh yeah. I'm very involved in friendship circle. Can you explain to us? Well, can you explain to the uh, audience what it is and how you were involved and how you got involved? Right. Okay. Well, I went to Ohio State and I had my degree in special ed and L ed, and I always liked helping um, special needs children. And um, I don't know how to get involved. Helene Gell, one of my good friends who got me involved in other organizations, asked me to come in and help for Friendship Circle. And I don't know, we've been helping, we got honored by them. What does it do? Um, what does it do? It, it helps special needs kids have a special friend. And it's wonderful. They do programs. They do parties. They after school activities. It helps parents that are taking care of special needs children um, get a break. And they they give them a special friend. They have friends at home. I wish I had my brochure with me so I could read it to you. But they do friends. <laughs> okay. And the really reason was that Joni. I guess oh that wasn't right. It wasn't Helene Gallup. It was really Jonathan, my son Jonathan, who's very he's his biggest quality is his kindness. And he took me to a friendship circle um, event. And we brought Joni with us, and she was like maybe 10 or 12. And at age 13, you could volunteer for Friendship Circle. I always wanted Joni to get involved with BBG, but she chose Friendship Circle. And she ended up becoming a president. I guess she has some like good qualities of leadership. Um, <laughs> friend, uh, she became a president and got really involved. And she did friends at home with her best friend. She drove every week to someone's house and gave them, you know, spent time with their special needs child. And... Lo and behold, Rabbi Yessi loved my husband, Larry, who's in construction. And whenever the the air conditioning broke at Beth Ainu, that's the, where it's located, at the old Beth Ainu Temple, um, and he would call Larry and Larry would come through and help him with construction. And we got people to get involved and try to donate. So we were honored one year and it was wonderful. It was really uh, mm -hmm. wonderful. I never thought in a million years I'd be honored for something, but it was really <laughs> great. When you subscribe to the Cleveland Jewish News, you receive 52 issues of the award-winning CJN and 15 total magazines, including J-Style, Canvas, and Balanced Family. Try the Cleveland Jewish News for free. Start your six-week free trial at cjn.org slash six free. Do you think it's your Jewish upbringing that has given you the desire to give back to your community? Well, I guess so. I always felt like it. I, I got embedded in my brain that if God helps those who help themselves, but also helping others first to help others first. And then you help yourself. That's what I feel, you know, if you help others. So that's very important. And I guess I, and I do it. It makes you feel good. You know, I think to be mm -hmm. kind and if you can lend a helping hand or do something good for others. 
So, and that's why I joined B'nai Asher and Sister, because you're a monk. <laughs> I wanted to see your smile. <laughs> Look, she's smiling there. But we did have good times. I want to learn about pickleball. Oh, pickleball's amazing. I mean, that's my <laughs> salvation. But um, what is my, it? my best, um, it's a combination of tennis, badminton, and um, ping pong, all in one. And you use a special racket. And of course, my daughter bought me my racket. It was on Amazon. It was a special, the Cosmic. It's called Cosmic. <laughs> and I just love it. It's like, you don't have to run too much. I made, I got to be friends with the, um, the head of um, the fire department. In Lynnhurst, he's 80 years old. We play with all different kinds of people. And <laughs> I made a lot of friends and I just love it. And I, I tell the people, I was going to write a big, I like to write plays, but I, of course, I've never published any of them or I have all these ideas, but I was going to do a play called Into the Net. And I have names for all the shots and I just have a really <laughs> good time there. So it's myself, it's my exercise and it's my salvation. That's great. So we know during this coronavirus time, there's like a lot of isolation going on. Um, and your mom is in a nursing home. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Can you I talk about She's not in a nursing home. She's in an um, assisted living, thank God. Mm-hmm. Not um, independent living. Independent. Right. Gotcha. And all I could say about this coronavirus, having my mother at Myers has been its relief. Relief. Mm-hmm. My mother doesn't want to cope. Oh, she's bad with the microwave. She doesn't want to turn on the mm-hmm. oven. Um, but she loves it there. She does love it. She knew every, she met people that she grew up with on Eddington Road when she right. was little. Right. She right. had old, and my mother and I, one thing my mother did give me was a great record. I mean, I have a memory like nobody believes. I remember everyone's birthday, although I don't know your mom's, but <laughs> I should. Hers is easy. People. It's right before leap day. It's February oh, really? 28th. My, oh, wow. I'll remember it now. I always appreciate that. That's <laughs> we have good. to do lunch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're a Pisces? No, you're not a Pisces. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a Pisces sensitive. Yeah. So my sister's a Pisces. So then, um, so then what was I telling you? I don't know. Oh, so my mother remembers everything. So I do too. And my mother really did like it. And from the new kid on the block, though, she became the white rabbit. I got to go. I got to go. I'm too busy. I have this to do. I have that to do. I have this to do. You know? <laughs> wow. So she got and, in pretty easy. Yeah, but she really didn't take the programs and stuff like she should. I don't know. I wanted as long as she's happy, it doesn't matter. She was happy, right. And then Bernice is there. I saw Bernice Rothman. I saw Barbara Small. I saw all my old friends there. It was like crazy. So what are you working on now? Ugh, What's I your latest? a million things I'm working on. Because before you started <laughs> telling me about positivity, and then you started talking about the bee thing. Right. So is that the same? Well, it is sort of. It's really not even me. I feel like I have to help this girl before I can help myself. And I've been behind her for seven years. And um, she's... Sorry, she's a, I feel like we need more context. Who is this? Oh, yeah, tell okay. everybody what we're talking about. Oh, okay. We're talking about um, a friend that I made at, at exercise at Tri-C. I was exercising mm-hmm. at Tri-C and I met this girl and she's like 41 now. But when I met her, it was seven years ago. So she was a lot younger, like 34 or whatever. She could have been my daughter. And, we, and my niece had just moved to Israel. And this girl had moved here from Israel and she had three sons and she had a daughter and we got to be friends, Alana. I don't know. She's probably going to be mad. I'm talking about her. I don't know. I didn't ask her if I could, but <laughs> she's real shy and quiet sort of, but we got to be friends. And, and, um, she told me that she likes, you know, bees, you know, that she has a whole thing that she designed about bees. And I said, well, I'm Bubby B. And when I come in the room, I go, here I come to save the day. I'm Bubby B. 
I'm on my way. <laughs> so anyway, so I'm Bubby B. And I said, I relate to bees and I like bees. And um, so I went to see her bee thing and I couldn't believe it. I said, she's a genius. You know, I loved everything she did. I got behind her. Mm. It's like Hello Kitty, but it's a bee, a little bee. Um, it's all about individuality and being yourself. Well, it's great that you're supporting other people. That's just really nice. Right. Right. Well, then I've got, you know, after that, I've got my, um, uh, I've got plays I've written. I've got the keys to open the doors to your mind. And the key to happiness is locked in laughter. The key to education is locked in appreciation. I've got all these keys I want to publish. Mm -hmm. Maybe your mom will help me. Because I need an executor. Because your mother is an executor, and I need an executor. I'm an idea person. So, that, so that's what I should You'll be, be telling Mark. Yeah, just, just execute. You probably are behind every man. Every man's a woman. And, you know. So I, I, always, don't, yeah. I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable about this, but could you share about uh, the cancer? Oh, the cancer. Oh, yeah. I want to be the town crier. I'll yell it out. Listen, honey, you could... In 2001, I had a space odyssey. I got breast cancer um, when Joni was six years old. And Larry's mother was six years old when, he, when, when she died of breast cancer, my husband. So anyways, it was pretty, he handled it really well, though. I mean, he made her, her Torah with her. It was when she was going through, you know, consecration. I still have that Torah he made with her because I couldn't go. Well, in 2001, I say I had a space odyssey. I had a mastectomy. I had ductal carcinoma in situ, which is breast cancer that you do not have to, I didn't have to do any treatment for it, no radiation, no chemo, nothing. I just had a mastectomy because it was 40% calcifications of my breast. Mm -hmm. I had my surgery for my breast cancer in 2001 on my husband's, I don't know how old he was, I forgot, but anyways, it was his birthday and it was Yom Kippur. I was happy because I had a fast anyways, so (laughs) it worked out good, I thought. (laughs) So it had been like 17 years, I made an appointment to see my um, old plastic surgeon, I go, are you retiring? I'm coming to see you because I want to get the implant out. But I knew I had this, and I had seen my, reg- I got a new doctor, and I, I, everyone I saw, I said, check my implant, check my implant, you know? And <laughs> I went to him, and he checked me, and he goes, well, April 28th, which is coming up now, last year I was going to have the implant taken out. He goes, you had it taken out, and I did it, and I'll redo it again. But I did have an ulterior motive. I was fat, and I really wanted him, when he took the implant out, to suction out fat in my midriff. So I saw him and he goes, well, I'm not retired, but I'm leaving for this was January 2nd of this year. And I just changed insurance because Silver Sneakers, they stopped it with ARP. But meanwhile, it got better with ARP and I switched to uh, Medical Mutual, but it's okay. They they took care of me royally and they must hate my guts because January 2nd, this is when it all happened. He said, okay, I'll see you in April and I'll redo you and do everything you want, you know? So, but then he left, he was leaving the room. But I go, yeah, but you know what, Dr. Yetman, wait a minute, wait a minute. I go, is this my bone? And it was on my, the middle of my chest. I thought it was a bone sticking out and it was a little bump that I knew I had for a long time. I knew I had it, which was dumb everybody who has a little bump and it's hard I thought it was like a cyst because I had a lot of cysts and stuff I thought it was just a cyst Mm -hmm. so I showed it to him and he goes you know what he said to me it's probably nothing but you got to get it checked Mm -hmm. and I said to him I got to get it checked he goes you got to get it checked I go your wife's got to get it checked he goes my wife's got to get it checked 
I go, okay. He goes, who's your oncologist? I says, my oncologist, I can't remember his name. I go, oh yeah, it's Andreasen. He goes, well, Andreasen just retired. I go, oh, that's great. I knew Andreasen so well. I went to him till 2015 with no treatment. He was the same age as me. He was a runner. And one time I called the wrong number in Solon and he answered the phone. And he said, is this Barb Cups? That's how well I knew my oncologist, even though I had no treatment. No treatment at all. So I met this doctor. I had to wait like four days. She called me on a Friday night, no less. I thought I was doing okay. And then she said, you've got um, invasive breast cancer this time. Stage one, invasive breast cancer. You're probably going to have to have surgery and have medicine. So I don't know. I went to a then I set up an appointment with Dr. Fanning, who's wonderful. I love her. And I was in the fan business. So I thought that was a coincidence, you know, <laughs> that um, her name was Fanning and I became her big fan. And the day at an appointment with her, my daughter had a ruptured appendix. So my girlfriend had to come with me to talk about the surgery. And I had the surgery done January 22nd. They took it out. And then she said, for sure, you're going to have to have radiation. But then she changed, changed my oncologist to Dr. K-O-C, Dr. Coach. He calls himself Coach. I called him a different name. But anyways, <laughs> and I had to wait. He goes, well, I'm going to send you two. He, he actually examined me, I think, right after my surgery, five days afterwards, and I got a vertigo. I never had vertigo. He pressed on my nodes and stuff. So he sent my tumor off to um, a special oncotype test. Well, from zero to 25, no, can no chemo. I'm a high achiever. I always got good grades. I always did pretty well. I got a 26. So I had to do chemo. Hmm. That was this past year, right? Yeah, this year. So what was the year difference between the first episode and the second oh, episode? It was 18 years, a lifetime. I had 18 years from 2001 to 2019. I had 18 years of, of not worrying about cancer. And my daughter had told me, Mom, if you need chemo, one of my good friends used this Paxman, Paxman cap. And you have to buy it and you have to have it set up. And I go, well, that was my best feature was my hair. Everyone knew me for my, you know, I had great hair. Whenever I went to the beauty shop, I go, that's my best feature. Now my best feature has to be my personality. So anyways. <laughs> So anyways, then what happened? Um, so, um, so I said, well, I'm not doing chemo so fast. He set me up for February 19th to have chemo after February 14th. I go, I can't go. I go, my colon's not good. I'm worried about this. So I go, it's a game changer. I got to get this Paxman. And you know what? I don't want to go to Beachwood. I want to go downtown to Tossig. That's where I did my first cancer. I want a different doctor. I want a different doctor. So they signed me. So Kelly, the nurse, decided to give me a different doctor, and she gave me Hallie Moore. So Hallie Moore scheduled me for my first chemo, March 5th. Well, March 5th is the day my son was born, Jonathan. But she goes, oh, you're going to be fine. You can have chemo. You know, I had to have key four chemos, and I, I trusted her. She goes, if it's me, I, did, I would do it. You have to do it. You can't take a chance of one cell moving around your body because my tumor had gone into my muscle a little bit. It did go in my muscle a little bit because I waited so long. Don't wait when you have a bump or you have a lump or you have anything. Get it checked. That's my advice to everyone listening to this podcast. You can get breast cancer in your mastectomy and be aware and definitely know if you have a bump, it's not right. That's it. Don't think it's just a pimple or a cyst or something. My first chemo ended up being March 21st. 
And um, I got through it. And then I did 25 radiations that my husband drove me everyone to it, to every That's one of them. Great. And I had to go to my 50th reunion with a wig on, which, because my hair fell out anyways. I got the patch in, but my hair fell out anyway. So. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling now? So how are you feeling today? Well, I'm feeling great. And you're lucky. You're the first people. I'm, I, my sister called me. I usually wear myself out talking to her. And I usually walk <laughs> while I talk, because that's my exercise. I'll okay. call me anytime and I'll talk. Um, uh, what else? I, I'm really feeling good and I'm okay and I'm going to get checked and keep up with it and hopefully okay. I'll be okay. Yeah, I was lucky. My son Todd did hire me a pinnacle care, which is an unusual, I don't know if Mark's familiar with it, but I don't know what that is. What, do it's you, a, what is it? It's that? an outside service. It costs a lot of money, but it was someone who came with me to every appointment and wrote down what the doctor said. And, and, and then she sent it to other hospitals and other doctors and had it approved. So I knew I was in good hands. My son Todd Liebel, who owns Majestic, who runs Majestic Steel, my youngest son, who had Choose Life. He really protected me a lot by giving me that confidence and that woman. I could call her. She made me appointments. So I did have an easy road of it. And I'm just, it could be always could be worse. That's all I could say. That's my opinion. And I'm just grateful that that, that's what it was. I caught it and I'm okay. And I plan to live a long time because my song is I Will Survive. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Barbara, for talking with us today. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I do. Well, you guys are the best listeners. Oh, that's one of my inventions. What? Friends, Romans, and countrymen, lend me your ear. <laughs> Finally, someone will listen to you. Someone will hear you. Someone who's always there. Your very own my dear. It could be your mother, your sister, your friend. So you guys are my dears. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Schmooze, a podcast produced by Rachel and Robin Rood. Tune in every other Friday to get the latest episode in your podcast feed. You can also find an archive of our episodes at our website, clevelandschmooze.com. And feel free to share any comments or suggestions to our email, clevelandschmooze at gmail.com. That's schmooze spelled C-A-S-C-H. <laughs> That's schmooze spelled schmooze. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Goodbye. Goodbye.